The robots should have stayed disguised. It's Transformers on R. Sinclair 87. everybody welcome to our sinclair i'm john and i'm aaron and today aaron we're going to be talking about transformers aaron have you ever wanted to transform oh man yeah a few times i can think of a few times where you'd want to transform particularly if you've got a long way to walk or whatever it'd be cool to like turn into a jet or a car well really a jet and uh, because to turn into a car not you know the transformers you got most of them are you know the autobots turn into cars Decepticon turn into planes, generally, not always. Sometimes they turn into guns or, or tape decks for mm-hmm. some reason. But I mean, evil tape decks. G- given the choice of flying or driving around, I would take the uh, the flying uh, myself. It always amused me that the Autobots turned into cars, but then, as I recall in the cartoon, I know in the game they could just also just kind of fly around sometimes. Defeating the per- why would you ever turn in the car? I don't know. Well, that is the great unanswered question about Transformers: is if you can fly, why bother doing anything else? Yeah. What about you? Did you ever think about transforming into something? Well, I was thinking about something that was like a non-sentient object, like uh, or a non-mobile object, like a giant oak tree. Wouldn't it be cool to transform into one of those? That would be cool, like a rock, a big huge right. like a boulder. Just to give you a different perspective on life, you know, like what does this stay like that? Well, no, 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 but just for a short time, you know, like think about what it would feel like if you're in like a perfect spring day and you could turn into an oak tree and you feel the breeze through all your leaves. I bet that would feel awesome. Well, I mean, or if you felt stuff, it's not like trees have a set of a, a, has a nervous system or anything. They may Listen, not feel man, you, you need to be up on your science. They, there's some there's some there's some new stuff saying that trees actually can feel pain. They've got a network of fungus that goes under the ground that communicates with the other trees. That's a shoot. Let, let a, me ask I, you a question. Mm-hmm. Who funded that? Okay, because the last thing I want to hear is that trees and grass and weeds feel pain. Right? Because guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to mow the lawn. I'm going to chop up some firewood. I don't want to hear that this stuff could feel pain. So you don't, they you should don't never hear, research that. You don't want to hear that the, the, the smell of freshly cut grass is actually the pain response of thousands and thousands of blades of grass being cut in half. Yeah. By the way, that sounds like some hippie science to me. I'm not buying it. <laughs> I don't know where you get this science, but I'm not buying the fact. You know, they've got that. Remember the bit back in the day, they said if you played music, stuff would grow better and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. See, that's that. those avenues should never be explored. <laughs> we you know need to I mean? keep the plants in their place, is what you're saying. Well, on the flip side, we know for a fact that, like, animals feel pain, and we, that didn't stop us from eating them. So I guess that's it wouldn't stop us from chopping up wood and, eat, and, 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 and burning that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, after they're chopped up, at least it doesn't hurt them when we throw them in a fire, for example. Right. Hopefully, it's not a like centipede situation where you cut it up and then like the wood is just like a thousand pieces of wood. Who knows is how that, that works? Does that happen to a centipede? Like they could they could yeah. survive the little fragments? Yeah, like if, could like if you cut because like an or maybe not a centipede, but definitely I knew like a worm. worm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the status of the. centipede I think you is. played centipede and just assumed that it was some sort of scientific uh, paper. <laughs> That's that was not a documentary. It. I mean, no, no. <laughs> 
So, Aaron, before we, we start this uh, grand charade, we need to give a <laughs> shout-out to uh, Clive's Club, the group that picks these games for us. Uh, big props to Russ Smith, Mitsuyama, Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jedburn, Justin Tinpot Gamer, Orkmeal, and Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. Thank you to Clive's Club. Thank you, fellas. Now, Aaron... It's time to take a to take a trip back into the world of the 1980s. Let's talk about Transformers. You know, I of course I'm going to ask, were you a fan of the show back in the day? The I never watched Transformers that much to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have the toys. I was always told by my parents that the toys were too expensive. Yeah. And yeah. uh and because I didn't have the toys, I didn't really have a great impetus to watch the show because a lot of times what I would do is when I would have GI Joes or I would have uh um Ninja Turtles is you know, I'd watch the show and then I'd continue the adventure in my backyard. It would be like the starting point for some sort of a role-played scenario. Yeah. Um, I do remember that the voices of the Decepticons in particular were very scary. They were very shrill voices. We were talking about Frank Welker before the show being Starscream. And uh, I just, I didn't like that at all. And I thought Megatron was creepy. That big gun he turned into. And that well, they're supposed of... to be evil. Yeah. But also, he turns into a gun. You know, some of the Decepticons turn into some dumb crap. But That's I guess true. We get, get to, let's just, I, wanted, I did a little background just in case. Because I had to refresh my memory on exactly uh, what the scoop was on the Transformers. So, it is a toy uh, or a media franchise, they call it. Because now, now it's not a toy line, boat. it's a media franchise. Of course, everything's and a media franchise. It's produced by, uh, in America, Hasbro. And in Japan, a company called uh, Takara Tommy, or Tomy, if you will. Uh, and it's about two different factions of robots that are constantly at battle. The Autobots, the good guys, and the Decepticons that are bad guys. Uh, it says here, as of 2011, uh, so that shows you when this was really cooking, th- they have grossed more than $25 billion U.S. dollars in revenue. That's ludicrous. And the uh, franchise kicked off in 84 mm. uh, with, a, uh, with a toy line, uh, and uh, that was the start of Generation 1. Uh, Transformers have been... Uh, there have been many, many iterations of them, including the stuff like Beast Wars and Series 2. And they keep adding to it, just like any good toy line does, Boat. Uh, this ga- this was one of those shows that came out that was um, specifically aimed at selling the toy that was in the cartoon. In this case, Cool Little Robots. I actually still have one of these somewhere in here. I've got one of the airplanes that turns. So you into actually a had a, you actually had Transformers <laughs> growing up. I had I had the airplane, and I also had, and I don't remember which airplane it was. I also had Optimus Prime, the uh, semi truck. He's sort of wow. the King Dong of the good guys. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, I I beat the crap out of that toy. I don't know where he went off and, to. And those things were like solid metal too, right? There was no plastic. No, on no, no, they were they were plastic. What you're thinking of is my is Micronauts. Oh. Those things were like solid metal and plastic, and you could, you threw a couple of those bad boys in a sack, you could kill a guy by just beating him down. <laughs> they were, they were heavy. The, the the Transformers were, you know, plastic, you know, mm. with some little metal joints in there. Uh, they were a big deal. I used to watch the show. I never thought the show, I never liked the show that much, if I'm honest. I watched every episode, though, because it's all it was on, just like G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Both shows to me uh, seemed dumb. Now I was an older boy. I was going to say you were about sixteen when the show came out, so <laughs> no, I can understand it, it. If it came out in eighty five, 
You know, so I 14. just entered, I did it in high school, but I still watched. It was cool. It had robots, lasers, mm-hmm. you know, but I always thought it was kind of a dumb show. And I thought it was even dumber than G.I. Joe, which I also thought was dumb. Uh, but I still watched because the art was really good on them, you know, and so I, that was part of it. It had, it had quite that Japanese flavor mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were a big deal. The, the toys are very collectible, as you can imagine. Uh, they have uh, uh, millions of uh, these things out for sale, and they go for zillions of dollars. So, you know, when you have a uh, um, a franchise like this that's got cartoons, movies, toys, you got to have video games to go with them, boat, because that's the way these things go. And and uh, lo and behold, here comes tran- the Transformers for the ZX Spectrum and the Commodore sixty four. Uh, this thing was released in 85, so early on, Bode, mm-hmm. uh, for the 48K. Same, same year as the cartoon that the cartoon debuted, so they were yeah. really trying to capitalize on that early success. Yeah, uh, this thing was a 7-pound uh, 95P when it came out and was developed by Denton Designs. We've crossed paths with Denton a few times mm-hmm. in our travels. Uh, they did Frankie Goes to Hollywood. They did The Great Escape. They've done a ton of other stuff. And published by uh, the perennial uh, publisher, Ocean Software. Uh, I looked to see... Now, it's funny. I tried to see who the person behind this game was. And this was produced by DC Ward, who produced tons and tons of stuff. Uh, now, I saw three different listings for who... For graphics, for creator, and then for unknown. And for graphics, one place uh, credited Simon Butler. And for creator, one place credited Simon Butler. Now, I know who Simon Butler is. I've talked to you about him many times. He's the grumpy old codger that is on, that's part of the Retro Gaming Roundup podcast. Who He's a, he's a uh, pixel dinosaur artist. Dinosaur Pie, right? That's right, Dinosaur yep. Pie. And I enjoy his uh, curmudgeon anger. Especially when he levels the boob on some unsuspecting geek that said something cross-eyed to him on Facebook. He drops the <laughs> hammer. But Simon uh, 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 is a very uh, well-respected pixel artist. Uh, and I don't know his, the extent of his work on this game. And I don't want to miscredit him. Uh, but I, I, from what I read, he was at least at some point or somehow involved in the manufacture of the game. Uh, so... This game opens up with a, you know, kind of a cool screen, boat, mm-hmm. And then the game starts. So why don't you uh, give me your first impressions of this thing when it came up? Uh, my first impressions were not great. Uh, what you have here is a, um, you, choose your, uh, you choose your input device. You start the game. And you, well, actually, I take it back. My first impressions were not bad. Because the first thing that you have to do is choose your transformer, Okay. I was like, cool. That must mean that these Transformers do wildly different things, and you have to work together. Like, the, what I was suspecting is that this was going to be like almost like a head over heels puzzle game, almost or more like Lost Vikings, um, where you know the, the Transformers would work together, each using their skills to help each other uh, accomplish their task. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that's not what this game is at all. Um, we should mention that the five robots that you get to control in this are Optimus Prime, Hound, Jazz. I always like Jazz because I think Scatman Carruthers did his voice here in the States. Uh, Mirage and the Volkswagen Bumblebee. Mm -hmm. Carry on, boat. And so uh, when you start playing, 
uh, you'll you you notice that you are in the void. Uh, there is a completely black background, and uh, you're basically negotiating a series of platforms that look like construction girders. Some of these are floating in space. Some of these are uh, connected by uh, vertical uh, joists. Um, and uh, your job is to basically uh, run around, shoot things, and get shot at. Um, that's the game. Uh, at some point, um, you know, you find uh, things. They look like little wheels. And yeah. you use those. You return those to a grid. And uh, you're slowly filling up a picture of the Autobots symbol, okay? Um, if you read the documentation, it says that each Transformer has a, a different, it has different skills. Uh, the way that this is sort of um, meted out is through the uh, the statistics that your, your robot has. So you can see that this is a game that has the ever-popular lower third. It's really more of a lower quarter. Yeah, HUD. I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, this is a, um, you have three statistics. You've got shields, you've got power, and you've got weapons. Um, and uh, the, the shields are, of course, your shields. Power is when you fly, uh, your power goes down. However, one thing that I noticed was that uh, you can continue to fly even when your power is exhausted. So I'm not sure if that's a bug in the game or if they just didn't care. I think you're just uh, slower. Maybe you're just slower, but uh, but anyway, that's power, and then you've got weapons, and uh, your weapons is uh, your 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 pistol, and again, this is something that I never I never ran out of. Now, is it possible that there was a keyboard command for a uh, missile or something that I was missing out on? Did you find that to be the case, Aaron? No, I think you just died before you used all your weapon up. Is what I mm. think happened because yeah. The, the, this you game can has, really it's a million ways to die. Yeah, you can really go for a while, and it's it's interesting the way that the enemies are set up. This is a uh, uh, you can think about it as just like a giant map. You know, this is a, a lot like your classic ZX Spectrum platformer, where you have uh, you have the the entire game takes place in one large horizontally and vertically scrolling field. It's probably, I don't know, 15 screens tall and maybe 30 screens wide. That's just a, a rough guess. It's a pretty big world. Um, some of the screens, there are no enemies. Uh, other screens, enemies spawn constantly. Um, and, uh, and your job is to basically just kind of go about and, uh, you know, you can shoot the bad guys if you want to or you can avoid them. And you're just trying to collect these circles. Am I missing anything there, Aaron, in the, the description? Uh, just, a, just a little bit. Uh, so the game, we should mention this. I don't know if you mentioned it, Boat, but uh, uh, this is a flip screen game. Okay, so on the C64, it's a scrolling game. On the ZX, it's a flip screen. Flip screen does you no favors because you can't see what's coming uh, mm -hmm. when you switch screens. And so... One thing about this game is that uh, depending on what mode you're in, uh, you can you can die very quickly. Uh, in fact, it does, sometimes it doesn't matter what mode you're in. Your robot has really three different ways to go. You can be you can transform into your robot and you just walk around like a robot, and you can also fly as a robot, and then you can also transform into whatever car that you happen to be. Uh, you know, the robot happens to turn into. The uh, way that works is that. You, your robot will sort of pivot, uh, and your or your vehicle, and you when you're facing the camera, you can sort of hit your button and change. 
it's not the worst system, but it, I did often transform accidentally. Well, when, here's then, here's the problem. Killed. The what they've done in, in games, uh, I've noticed a lot of Spectrum games do this. This is another. Uh, maybe this is a Denton Designs deal. Because if you recall in Frankie Goes to Hollywood, if you want to exit or enter a door, you have to turn and face towards the player. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and this is the same way. In, in Transformers, you have to turn and face forward to transform. However, you know, there's only one button to do everything. You're using your button to fire. And if you're being attacked on both sides, you're going to uh, you're going to try you're going to turn and try and face the enemy on the other side. The controller is going to interpret interpret that as you wanting to transform into your car. So when you're trying to quickly shoot either to the left or to the right, you know, sort of alternatingly, you can't do it just rapid fire. You have to wait for your transformer to turn. You have to wait for that animation, then fire, then wait, you know, go back and forth. Otherwise, you're going to turn into your car without meaning to, and that means almost certain death. Now, uh... We both mentioned that you've got five different uh, robots to choose from. And what you can do is they're scattered throughout the game uh, play area are basically defensive domes. And so what you can do is you can move your uh, robot into that dome. And then uh, once you're in the dome, you can sort of like hit up, I think it is, and then the dome will close down on you. And at that point, you can switch to another robot. And what happens is while they're in the dome, They'll slow, sort of slowly recharge their their you know, faculties there, their shield and power and weapons will come back up. And so, if you've got a robot that's in a real bad shape, you could you could just drive him to the uh, defensive dome mm-hmm. and then switch to another living robot. Uh, when you run out of robots, you run out of robots. The game the game's over. Uh, the play area is a series of like boats that sort of like uh, it's almost like a construction site or something, girders and stuff. You're never sure if you're underground or in space or I don't know what's going on. Uh, so it's just, it's very blank. And the problem is, uh, this thing is hard to navigate. Uh, the fact that you could switch to vehicles, if a vehicle runs off the edge of one of these things, he, they just explode. If, you, if you're flying and you just run into something, that, then you explode. Uh, it's so that means getting around. And the, main, the main game is just getting around. Even the bad guys don't offer that stiff a challenge uh, because they just come... I mean, like, for example, we've all watched the show. There's a big laser fight. Mm-hmm. It's not showing Optimus Prime or Bumblebee just kept blowing through these guys in one shot. In this game, you blow guys away right away. But, of course, they come back. They keep coming back uh, over and over and over. Uh, the bad guys, I should mention, are... Uh, Megatron, which is the gun, Soundwave, which is that stereo thing, I believe, Starscream, the jet, uh, Buzzsaw, Skywarp, Laserbeak, which is that cassette that's a bird, I believe, <laughs> uh, Ravage, which I believe is the cat that's a cassette that goes in the uh, Soundwave. My buddy had Soundwave, so I know these things. Uh, uh, Frenzy and Rumble. And so these are just different, but basically they could have called them Big Jim McGee, Big Slade, whatever you want to call them. They're just basically geeks I like Big Slade that you shoot. Himself. Big Slade's good. Uh, so basically, all this game is, is you go, you drive your robot around however you want and try to find these puzzle pieces and then finish up your, uh, your fate. That's the game. And the difficulty of the game is not running into crap. It's not even getting shot. You can get shot plenty of times. I mean, as, as long as you've got shield left, you're golden. But it's one of those games where they, the game is the is the controls, and that stinks. I don't like games like that. 
I'm going to go ahead and show my hand here, Boat, when I say that this game's no good. Uh, in fact, I would I would say this is a dud. Uh, it's not fun to play. Moving your robot around, I suppose, could be fun. I would almost wish that he would just pick one form and stick with it, because I often, like I said, transformed accidentally. Flying your robot around is is very deadly. you got to be real careful when you do it, because... Uh, like I said, you can hit anything and die, it, it, and so that makes it uh, flying as a necessary evil in the game. I can't really, I, I didn't drive around all that much. I mostly just stayed in robot mode, because I didn't see a whole lot of an advantage to driving around. I mean, it's faster, but who cares? You know, what did you think about it, Boat? Well, I'm going to tell you what I like and what I didn't like. All right, okay? go ahead, man. You I liked like something? Yeah. I thought that the Transformers themselves, like the actual sprite designs of the Transformers, given the technical limitations of the Spectrum, are pretty good. They're oh, I agree detailed. with you, yes. And they're actually, uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Bo, because that's one thing I skipped over. They're actually, uh, they look sort of like they're supposed to look, you know, knowing about which of these Autobots they've got. I think the, yeah, I agree with you on that. That's a, that's a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, there's really not a whole lot other to like <laughs> <laughs> this game suffers from the, um, you know, when you when you build a big level to explore or, a, you know, a big stage to explore and to find things, you want to give the player uh, some clues as to where they are. You want to make some landmarks. Uh, you want to make it easier for the player to be able to say, okay, here's where I need to go. This is how I get back to, uh, you know, like when you're trying to, uh, to replace the wheels in the grid, it's like they've done nothing because of this game is, is really just three colors. You've got a color for you, a color for the background, uh, construction site, and you've got a color for whatever enemy sprite is on the screen. And the fact that they're, I mean, all of the construction materials look identical the fact that the game is, like you said, a flip screen uh, scroller. So whenever, and it's not a flip screen scroller in the good way, where it's like it's a totally different uh, scene every time you go. It's like it kind of shifts everything a little bit to the side, but there's still a little bit of overlap from the screen that came before it. Even if you wanted to lay this out on graph paper, it would be next to impossible uh, because of the way that the flip screen mechanic works. Um, this game is just, it's, it's, it feels like a total phoned-in effort. Um, I can't think of a simpler concept that was executed less well than this game. Um, and it's a real shame, too, because you can do some fun things with your Transformer. Like, it's cool to be able to fly around, touch down immediately, turn into your car, then drive off. Like, I mean, that's kind of cool, you know? Um, I had a hard time with the controls. I had a hard time going up and down stairs. You're technically yes. supposed to be able to go up and down stairs. Uh, that only happened when I didn't want to. Uh, again, I mentioned the the problem with turning and firing, where you inadvertently transform into the car. I honestly, I uh, other than the fact that the you know you have the ability to turn into a car. There is no advantage to turning into a car other than I guess it makes you a little bit faster. That's that's really the speed advantage. But other than that, um, you know, you, you you definitely can't fire when you're in in car mode. Um, this is such a cool license, and it's such a disappointment that they didn't do more with it. It is surprising. I mean, I guess they were in a hurry to make uh, make their money, uh, but uh, this surely they would have seen that the value of this license is going to be uh, high. 
I believe I read that this was the highest selling game that uh, that Denton Designs ever released. So that that if you think about that, and I and it's funny looking it up on eBay, it's actually one of the higher uh, higher priced tapes uh, that are out there as well. So there was you know there's something to it because you know it's a it's the kind of thing I guess you couldn't know at the time. Maybe they didn't think this had any more legs than Manimal or, or Highlander, right, uh, right? And they put forth a very similar amount of effort, but they really. The thing is, you've got a concept here that's custom made for a good game. I would have liked to have seen a game where you had the robots. I mean, I like that idea of keep getting to pick between the robots, but maybe have them do different levels of a, of a mission where it's a flip screen. Like maybe remember when we played? Like we've played plenty of those adventure games. Where you could have done something like with the really nice graphics and maybe really, you know, juiced it up a little bit, or even have different levels where you play a different car and a different sort of driving level, you know, like stunt level or something. Mm-hmm. There's a. This was an interesting choice. I, I would wonder if maybe this was even a whole other game concept that they kind of plugged in. I don't well, know. You, I mean, this is the you. This is this is the definition <laughs> of a one size fits all game. Yeah. Because you could replace the sprite. In the picture of the Autobot that you're making with anything that you wanted, and boom, it's another game, and it's just as uh, thematically related to, you know, you could make, like you just mentioned Manimal. You could make a Manimal game with the same thing. Just put it, you're making a picture of Manimal, and you're collecting tires, you know? I, I do want to, I do want to uh, uh, reiterate that the, the, the art for the robots, the good guys and the bad guys is actually quite, quite impressive. I will give you that. For what you had to work with in terms of the, size of these graphics i mean they did a good job of differentiating the different types of cars and you you can also tell the, what the bad guys are so you know i, I will give them that um uh, they did also release this on the uh, c64 uh boat uh the c64 version isn't what i would call uh king awesome either a lot of people have tried this it does have actual scrolling which gets you a long ways it, it's, it moves at a quicker pace uh, I I haven't tried it. I watched some guys play. Did you give this one a shot or have a look at it? Um, I have not played this one. I will tell you that just by looking at it, uh, this is going to be a lot more fun to play because you, you're not dealing with the scrolling, but you're still dealing with that same incredibly bland game design. Rob says this was on. Uh, once he starts a book about the worst games on the C64, this game would be on the list. So that's not a that's not a ringing endorsement. Uh, for Transformers on the C64, I had not heard good uh, uh, good things about either one of these games before this week. Um, I did have a look at the reviews, uh, Boat, uh, before we get to the Discord stuff. Crash uh, gave this a 60%. Uh, Your Sinclair gave this a 6 out of 10. And st- in a stunning turn of events, uh, Sinclair User gave this a 4 out of 5, Boat. Yeah. They liked it more than most. Uh, this was pretty much roundly booed across the board. What do you got from our Discord, uh, folks? Well, you know, Aaron, as always, we have uh, quite the selection of Discord reviews on uh, for, for this game. We're going to kick things off all the way up at the top with Jed Byrne. He says, This was produced by Denton Designs, but they obviously thought this toy license was beneath them because the game shows nothing but contempt. I'm guessing they pushed it out after a single night's coding to satisfy some legal obligation, as with the infamous Roland's Rat Race. Some care was given to the transformation animation and a decent attempt at the iconic sound effect, nevertheless to be avoided. 
Will Brooker writes, I tried to like this at the time of its original release, and I tried to like it again now, especially as I have a four-year-old son who adores Transformers and sings the theme tune several times a day. I have to conclude this is not just a wasted license, but a huge waste of the creative talent involved. You can see from the sprites and icon-driven energy bars that this is the team responsible for Shadowfire and Enigma Force, and the animation of the actual transformations is impressive, with an interesting momentum effect on the moving sprites. But the environment is low-effort nothingness, an anonymous structure of identical girders and ramps, and the gameplay is woefully lacking. There's not enough discernible difference between the Transformers to make it worth switching between them for strategic reasons, and the flimsy backstory introduces a lazy excuse about clone Decepticons to justify the fact they're just samey cannon fodder, the same few models reappearing on each screen. But it's the gameplay that really kills this as an experience. In vehicle mode, you explode instantly if you go off a ramp. In robot mode, you crash into most of the background levels. Controls are fussy and the rewards are few. For me, now as then, Transformers becomes a matter of working through the robots one by one as they're killed off. But even if you developed more skills, I couldn't see that there is anything else to do except collect tire-shaped prizes within a time limit. I was left wondering how this could have been tweaked into something better. Perhaps a Shadowfire type strategy game that encourages you to switch between the very different characters and use their abilities for various tasks, coupled with some Enigma Force type arcade blasting. What we have here feels like a demo, a minigame. My son, who lives for Transformers, pronounced it very tricky and went back to his cartoons. Pajaco6502 <laughs> writes, Transformers, more than meets the eye? No. I get what Denton were aiming for, but it feels half-baked and we ended up with a disjointed game that hides a short game loop. Even members of Denton Designs admit Transformers is not exactly their finest hour. 48K Specky was not exactly a powerhouse when it came to audio, but surely this game deserved an opening rendition of the classic theme tune. Instead, it is empty and devoid of any real life. I will give this, cre this game credit for the sprites, as they, like, as they look like transform the Transformers they represent, except in flight mode. I almost wish someone would take the sprites from this and just make a Green Beret-style run-and-gun, which is all we probably needed. A great one for your shelf, but clearly another rush-to-market licensed game. Play GoBots instead. 3 out of 10. McChessers writes, You know how some games are more fun just to fool around in than actually play? Well, that was how I felt about Transformers when I was a kid. I appreciated that the sprites looked reasonably like their TV and toy counterparts and could transform with something vaguely approximating the sound effect from the show. And in vehicle mode, they were subject to a physics model that, while simplistic by today's standards, still allowed them to skid to a halt once up to speed or make ill-advised jumps off of ramps. It's a pity, then, that this game isn't much more than a boring collect-em-up across an endlessly repetitive Cybertronian city. If you were serious about completing the game, you would absolutely have to make a map, because there are precious few landmarks with which to get your bearings. The screen upon screen of identical platforms and those oddly phallic towers. I never bothered to do that, content just to load it up, mess around as Optimus Prime for a bit, shoot a couple of Decepticons, and turn it off in favor of something better. 5 out of 10. Jigglebox writes, A scholarly colleague of mine, a real English gent, played the game and shared his review with me. Some extracts below which reflect my views too. Whilst whomever herewith may find the product herein satisfactory, 
it was opined to be less than adequate by this reviewer. Notwithstanding, this heretofore review expressed here and before, the product has some limited merit. Whereupon, overall evaluation, four out of X. Wow, that was, that was impressive. Well done, Boat. Thank you. Mitsuyama writes, This is not the Specky's finest hour. I like the animations as you transform between car and robot, but that's about it. The level design is bland, and the game is nothing special to look at, and so consequently, I didn't spend too much time with it. It's a shame they wasted this license on a fetch quest. What would I have liked to have seen instead? Maybe a game that combined driving levels similar to Chase HQ that you played as the car, and shooting levels similar to Space Harrier that you played as the robot. There you go. Yes, that sounds great. That would have probably been too much to squeeze out of the 48k Specky. They should have at least given the different Autobots unique abilities and therefore a good reason to switch between them. A poor effort, 3 out of 10. So Aaron, this game was soundly buried on the Discord. Yes, sir. Hey, at least they were, for once, everyone was in agreement. Uh, I did look this up on the eBay boat, just to see how it looked. Uh, I saw, if you if you hunt around, you can get one of these uh, in the UK for around 8 US dollars. But I saw these going uh, up to and including twenty six bucks, which is pretty, pretty good money for a tape uh, boat. But uh, there are plenty of them out there if you're if that's your cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we've said all there is to be said about Transformers here, and it's time to bid them a fond farewell. Mm. Um, you know, if you're listening to this and you liked Transformers and you've got a different take. Just let us know. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, just join up our Discord. You can go to patreon.com slash Iris Sinclair and uh, join our Discord. Uh, we do have a, a goal, Aaron, at $200 a month uh, on Patreon. If we can get to that, our Sinclair will change to a weekly show. We are getting ever closer to that, Aaron. I believe we're just about 30 or 40 bucks away Holy from Arson Claire being a weekly affair. So if you'd like to help make that happen, again, that is patreon.com slash Claire. And uh, that leads us to our Arson Claire roll call. These are uh, all of our supporters, besides the Clives Club guys that we mentioned at the top of the show. We've also got Pajaco6502, Will Brooker, Wanderly Chesham, Stephen Wilcott, Chartel, Nathan Mills, Doug Berry, Jigglebox, Will Brooker. Oh, I'll put Will Brooker on there twice. He's double special. He's David super Terrace, cool. Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Mark Durham, and Pixels at Dawn. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Aaron. Um, I guess, you know, it doesn't... If, if you're watching this now live, we should talk about Amigathon. Amigathon is our yearly um, Amiga-centric uh, charity marathon for the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, if you're watching this live, uh, we will be taping that, or we'll be uh, filming it, or doing whatever we're streaming. That's the word I'm looking for. We'll be streaming it live from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this coming Saturday, July 30th. So uh, we hope that you will join us in uh, support of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals and watch us play a whole bunch of fun Amiga games for 12 hours straight. And even um, if you're not, even if you're catching this after the fact, hey. If you feel uh, so inclined to, to uh, leave a donation, we'll be taking donations even after me because I'm both. Can you give them the address where they can That's take right. those donations? It's, it's bit.ly slash uh, Amigathon 2022. That's bit.ly slash Amigathon 2022. You can, uh, we will have donations open until the event and uh, a couple months after. So uh, feel free if you'd like to support the uh, wonderful work that Children's Miracle Network does uh, to uh, drop mm-hmm. us a couple bucks over there. 
Um, if you like what we're doing here and you want to hear us prattle on about other vintage computers, we have tons of shows that you may enjoy. We've got Amigos, which is about the Amiga. Uh, we've got the Coco Show, all about gaming on the Tandy Color Computer. Uh, ARG Presents, where Aaron and his brother, The Brent, spin the wheel and make the deal. And finally, 1200XL, which uh, we will be recording a little bit later today, all about the Atari 8-bit line of computers. There's plenty of retro computing uh, conversation to be had out there. Most of it dominated by you and I, Aaron. We love it. We love, we love it. it. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next time on R. Sinclair? Let's have a look, boat. And the survey says, bam! It's Laser Squad, boat. Laser Squad, man. So I, I believe that this is the final Julian Gollop game for us to cover on R. Sinclair. We went through uh, a few. We did Chaos. <laughs> we did, I don't know if he did Chaos 2 or Lords of Chaos. Well, I can't remember if he did that or not, but we did UFO. Uh, we've done uh, XCOM. So, same, uh, I think it's the same game, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Laser Squad. It's I've heard a up. lot about this one, and it comes up a lot in my uh, in my research. So that, yeah, might, might yeah. as well clear the slate, get it done. That's right, that's right. So, uh, it's time to get on it. If you uh, are on our Discord server, uh, please play the game and leave us a brief review for us to read on next week's show. We want to hear what you have to say. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and rewind tape. And press play.